Hello and warmly welcome to SAP on Azure YouTube channel, episode 146. Today is June 1st and today with Robert and Holger, we are here to talk anything and everything about SAP and Microsoft. Hello. So uh, today we have us again uh, an uh, old guest, uh, Stefan Muller, Miller from the core engineering team. We had him on Llama, but actually here today we will talk about the MaxDB. Uh, interesting, I mean, in uh, SAP is supported on six databases. Three of them are from SAP and one of them is the MaxDB. Uh, although HANA it's uh, heavily pushed, you wouldn't believe it how much MaxDB is actually still used. It's used basically not only in the NetViewer context, uh, context, but it's also used for additional product like uh, live cache and, and a content server. And then always come my favorite topic, which is about what about high availability, you know. So Stefan did a great work in the engineering, published a few blogs, so we will talk more about this uh, soon. Uh, however, before uh, we start with with, uh, with Stefan, let's go and check quickly what what is the news from the uh, from the last week. Now, only if my share would work. Excellent. Okay. So, yeah, you can see the screen. Yeah, we have it. We have it yeah. yeah. All right. So, one of this very interesting. Uh, I mean. Um, article is about the Microsoft uh, IT, the folks who are operating the SAP system actually wrote a really super interesting article uh, uh, about optimizing Microsoft SAP environment with Microsoft Azure. I mean, Holger and, and Robert and myself, we are really great fans of those guys. I mean, uh, for me, they are really the one of the best IT team operating and really uh, very, uh, very uh, innovative, actually, in a way how they are operating the environment. Um, optimizing cost is a, is a big topic. So here, generally, uh, they are telling that the, um, they have increased cost saving by using the Azure infrastructure efficiently. And they are also, of course, generally speaking, they are more agile and scalable and flexible because they can get stuff on the demand. Um, Generally, uh, then they would go here more into detail about how uh, they did uh, the, exactly the capacity management, you know. So then uh, generally they would run the stuff only when they need and uh, and when they need and they would go for pay as you go. Um, they also have a statement that uh, when they move to Azure, they uh, cut the core count of the CPU in, in nearly in a half, which is amazing. Uh, I mean, generally, you you in in, in on-premise you always always oversize because you want to um, uh, you, you want to be sure that you can meet the peaks. However, Robert knows and can tell you in detail uh, uh, this become an attitude which many customer and partner try to uh, convert to the to the Azure and to the cloud, right, Robert? Yeah, I mean, uh, this is true, I, and this is a very nice article where you can see the traditional suggestions, what we are always trying to share with customer, you know, to, to try to think a little bit more in cloud uh, way when you're moving something to cloud. But there's a, something additional here, which we also advertise to our customer, is to use the, this dynamic mentality of the cloud, yeah? 
mm. use something when you need, but also use uh, uh, horizontal uh, scale scale out scaling. And and uh, our guys in Microsoft IT in SAP landscape are using that heavily. And this is uh, this I think you have scale up, scale out, yeah. both 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 yeah. Uh, directions. Yeah. And so this is a, uh, this is yeah. a recipe recipe for for saving money in the cloud. Yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. very nice article. Yeah. Uh, this also that some old articles which are explaining a little bit more about that. But it's a very nice article to show you actually how to how to really optimize. And this is, you know, this is not a destination. This is journey. Yeah, there's no it's journey, end in yeah. optimizing that. Yeah. So, so it's always point is you have to a little new, bit. Yeah. Yeah, keep more eye on your SAP performance and need to be able to react it right yeah, uh, exactly. uh, in, in advance. You know, they're also telling about um, snoozing. Uh, they're also telling that many of those um, non-prod system are on a smaller VM SKUs and then they are using a standard storage. But then if they would need some performance, they would quickly um, yep. uh, Converted to the premium one and and have a bigger VM skew, for example. So um, they they're using actually the snoozing as well there, um, uh, and they are also telling here about some strategies and reference sizing. And I mean, generally, really a really very. <clears throat> I, I mean, we are really fans here of those guys, yeah. you know, and in extremely extremely I useful, highly yeah. recommended. Highly recommended, yes. Um, Another uh, big news, big news, something about which is called virtual machine scale set for SAP workload. That's really new. That's that's really new. Um, maybe if you would just try to deploy um, some some VM, and then you have here an option called uh, availability option. Then you can choose uh, between the Azure zones availability set, which we know in SAP content, but also something called this uh, virtual machine scale set. And it is a virtual machine scale set is a construct very much used actually for um, deploying a huge amount of compute power of the same um, same VM SKUs and also used for kind of automatical scaling. However, for SAP use case, this is not used in this way. Actually, it is called something with the flex mode, which actually uh, is behaving as a kind of uh, mech deployment mechanism. Right, uh, a kind of deployment mechanism, kind of comparable to the maybe availability set. So basically, it would. Um, here is a, just a kind of picture. Just close. Um, it is uh, uh, when you you can define a actual a logical construct where you put all your uh, VMs belonging to one SAP system in one uh, construct, so to say. Mm. Um, that can be uh, in. It's generally supported in in the regions with the zones um, across the zones, or maybe one zone. And also, um, uh, you would always here kind of define also something called full tolerance equal to one, meaning they would try to deploy the VMs uh, across as many as possible uh, full domains. Um, uh, maybe what people would ask, like, what is the kind of advantage, for example? And here is I was also writing some blog, but actually, let me just make it a bit, zoom it a bit more because I think it's maybe not readable. Um, uh, generally speaking, you use just one construct. You know, you don't need a multiple availability set for the different layers. You just use one construct, regardless if that's a zonal or regional deployment. So everything becomes more. 
uh, more simple. Um, uh, generally speaking, is also we do not have a, a need to use a proximity placement group, which means basically we have a much smaller risk of uh, of a failure due to capacity limitations, right? Um, and also we have much more big, bigger flexibility in resizing of the VMs. Um, yeah. So that's something you definitely might uh, want to check it. You know, here is also some updated documentation about, okay, what is the different, I mean, availability zone availability says they are still in use. Uh, definitely here is something that might help uh, in decision, let's say for the HA system, what to choose. You know, when you go in a zone, zones with regions or a single zone, of a region or region without uh, no zone. So this is a kind of maybe a indirectly a yeah. preferred list, right? And there is always a question like, okay, for the new system, you can go uh, automatically when you deploy it with the VMSS uh, Flex. But however, there's always the question, okay, if you have an existing system, how you can migrate existing VMs from availability set and or zones to the VMSS uh, Flex. So I just wrote a blog. Basically, it's about the script, um, which is similarly uh, working kind of similarly uh, compared to the previous command PowerShell commandlets. Um, and it's kind of uh, implementing different scenarios. So here it's uh, uh, you have a, a I mean, a, a zonal uh, region and availability set and you're moving to VMSS Flex and stretching across the zones or maybe you already have a, a subsystem across the zones and you are just moving, you're leaving the same zone, but moving to the VMSS Flex. Um, you have non-HA system in the zones, just moving them to VMSS Flex. And this is an example of region without the zones and no HA, again, moving to the VMSS Flex. So the whole, um, it's just one command that I try to make it as much as simple as possible. Um, it is primarily supporting the uh, uh, it's uh, it's or covering, not supporting the wrong word. It's covering the um, SAP use case uh, or the the supported SAP scenario with the virtual machine skill set. Yeah. Another block or another few blocks, and actually that's that's would be a, a transition. So before before, before yeah. we switch to that, I think it's very important to to mention. I think uh, that the current. Uh, um, virtual machine scale set with flex option it's important to understand with flex options so don't mix that with classical virtual machine scale sets yes. <laughs> it's only uh, today available cross zones so also Goran script is also working cross zones so if you have something like a rebuilder set uh, which is not zonal uh, uh, in combination with uh, uh, proximity placement or something like that be careful because you need to actually think about okay what you want to have on the end with your cross zonal deployment yeah so just be aware of that and please please uh, read these uh, blogs very deep uh, carefully because this is very important and this is our future step how we want to simplify and optimize sap deployments yeah. yeah so we have a great expectation here in both in uh, reducing those allocation errors simplifying the whole architecture mm -hmm. right so it's just the one construct which you use so um yeah um it's I, I think this this is a big step for the microsoft here mm. in the, for the especially for the business critical highly available sap systems yeah exactly. Great. um then uh, again 
slowly uh, shifting to Stefan. So he, I don't want to go more in detail, but this is just intro. One of the blogs is talking about Windows failover cluster with for for the SAP MaxDB. Similar topic is basically again using for the content server with MaxDB um, uh, as a variety, so to say. And also one we, uh, I mean, we can touch upon later. There is another blog um, how to do um, a MaxDB high availability on Linux on pacemaker environment. I mean, uh, also an interesting stuff, but uh, I would just stop it here and uh, um, switch to you, Stefan. So uh, uh, for those guys who do not know you, can you please try to introduce yourself? What's your role? Yes. And let's then switch all the topic about the MaxDB, right? Yes. So my name is Stefan Müller. I'm also working in the Azure engineering team for Jürgen Thomas. And uh, one of the subjects I'm dealing with is uh, Windows cluster. And also, as I previously shown, uh, SAP Llama. And uh, now newly uh, dealing with MaxDB. And I've been tasked with rewriting an old block, which is exists there, high availability for MaxDB. And I can show you now that MaxDB supports Azure shared disks which will be uh, described in the block how to set this up. And then the cluster installation or the SWPM, the software uh, installation group from Microsoft, uh, sorry, SAP, now supports also its clusterware. So it recognizes that there's a cluster available and uh, offers the uh, cluster features in the case of the ERP system for ASCS and for the MaxDB. And for the content server, the same. So content server, which is an own instance by itself, because it is not necessarily uh, needed to store uh, the data on the MaxDB. You can also store it in the file system. But nevertheless, of course, we will focus on the MaxDB. So let me show you what I have prepared for you and share my screen. And this will hopefully go here yeah, and left over here. Yeah. 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 So here is the content server, which uh, I describe in more detail how the uh, shared disk feature uh, works. So if you look, when you go to the uh, Azure portal, you will be asked when you create your disks. There is one magic button here where it says enable shared disks, and that's of course the one you need to choose. This also disables any form of caching because, of course, you can imagine that this is not going to work when you have two nodes and the nodes have a different content of their cache. So, therefore, no node which uh, has access to the disk is allowed to share uh, uh, to to uh, to keep a, a buffer. So then, uh, stepping on there, see, I have now created three virtual disks. Why three, you may ask, since we only talk about uh, uh, MaxDB and uh, the content server. Well, the content server, one uh, node is OK or one disk is OK. But for database, as you probably know, it's good practice, of course, to have your data files and your log files on different distinct media. That's why I chose to uh, show this installation with three disks. So that's explanation yeah. for this ba one. Basically, the, Stefan, the content server actually is just an, an another instance of MaxDB, right? Uh, explicitly used here to store the electronical documents, right? 
So yes, right. but, but uh, Max TV is not required for the content server. The content server could actually hypothetically store its documents on the file system. Mm. Right, but in this case, is a is a Max TV sort of say database? Of course, absolutely. Yes, that's mm -hmm. the only database which is which is supported by the content server anyway. That's why it is so popular because you don't have an alternative. Yeah. See, now I've, I've created uh, two virtual uh, names for those. I have uh, named the system CS9 for content server and then content for the uh, content server uh, cluster role and DB for the database role. Then here we see that the installation of the database. I don't think we have to spend too much time here. And that's an overview of the disks. You can see here shared this one, two, three. Each of them has a drive letter assigned. And of course, you have to also bear in mind there are companies which have the policy that they don't allow any um, executable suites on the OS disk. So you don't install anything in the C drive. Technically, you can do this. But if you would uh, like to have a dedicated disk you know, for local executables, you could uh, an, uh, add another or two other shared drives, non shared drives, of course, on each of the cluster nodes. So here, that's the building of the cluster with a uh, cluster configuration lizard. And then you can see we, we get those as disks. Both, all three of those disks have been recognized. And you see one of them is actually by default a disk witness in, uh, as a, uh, for quorum. a quorum. But of mm -hmm. course, we don't want this. We, we create a storage account. And in the storage account, we will uh, assign credentials of the of the storage account as uh, with a configuration wizard and then you can see the picture here has, has changed now every storage here is available all the three disks are available none of this is used as storage because the, the quorum is now handled by a, a storage account for the entire cluster then there are some fine-tuning options necessary you have to do with a, um, a powershell to, to get the right parameters. And then you can see here, we are already switching the SWPM. And there are basically four steps. There is the first cluster node installation, the second cluster node installation for the content server, and then for the max TV. And here you can see the, 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 uh, the choice. So you see SAP content server and cache server first cluster node. So there's nothing about MaxDB at this point. We install the content server first. And we decide the local drive. So in this case, I, I didn't create an extra drive for the next installation. I did create an extra drive just to show you how this is done. And then, so the executables initially for MaxDB or for content server will be installed on the local C drive. Then you will be asked for the uh, uh, cluster parameters. So you have to define your SID again, your uh, virtual host name, so the role of uh, which the cluster is going to build. And then you assign whether to content server or cache server. So we did the content server. Hypothetically, this should also be working for the cache server, but we haven't tested it yet. So. Uh, something you would have to try uh, on your own. <clears throat> so then here you specify the uh, credentials. 
and the basic parameterization for your for your uh, content server. So like a number of incoming concurrent connections. Of course, you have to do this on scale. So deciding, you know, how many documents you're going to have, how big your installation is going to be. You may want to have multiple uh, contents in server instances and increase here accordingly. Then, since we don't have loading IP addresses in Azure, we need to create a so-called internal load balancer, which makes this uh, uh, um, content server basically public to the uh, to the network and the name. So that's what we have created as a DNS entry, which we call uh, as a CS9 content server and CS, uh, uh, CS9 DB will be made uh, public. So we create a standard uh, load balancer to the front end configuration. So here, you see that's the name which appears later on also in the cluster role content. You have to uh, choose the right subnet. Of course, this is going to be a static IP address. And it will be zone redundant. And for here, the same happens for the database. So we can do this all in, in, in one chunk, of course. Because we only need one load balancer for, for both instances for the content server and for the database. So no, uh, not too needed. And then we have to uh, create the backend pool. So the, the two cluster nodes, which can uh, uh, take over the, the functionality. We have to create a so called health probe, which is used to, to uh, signal to the cluster that a failover has to take place because one of the nodes is not responsive anymore. We have to do this uh, for two ports. One is for the content server itself, and then the other one is for the MaxDB. And then this needs to actually, actually be created by uh, a PowerShell script, which can be uh, found here in, in the, uh, the link is in the, in the block. And then you can download it. And then you can see the before and after. You can see that the, the, the pro port was successful uh, created. And then all of a sudden, we see here uh, uh, established cluster role. So in live, this, this actually looks like this. I can show you right here. That's my start for the, so we can go to the Windows administration tools. And Taylor Cluster Manager. It's actually the SAP system. Know that that's sorry, that's the content server. CS9 is the content server role, and that's the MaxDB. And by the way, mm -hmm. since there's quite some traffic going on, SAP actually recommends to run those uh, two nodes on the same cluster node. So you may think for uh, uh, efficiency purposes of the of the uh, uh, machine usage, you would run it on different nodes, but the, the proximity having them on the, on the same node should yield for better uh, performance. So basically you have an SAP system using MaxDB. MaxDB is clustered yep. here with in MaxDB group, cluster group, and then this yep. system use a content server which is again in the background, actually, a max TV. Yes, but just and, running. And you can see they're both running in the same node. Running that, on the same node. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And now I, I, I 
shot myself in me because I, I cannot minimize my window anymore without stopping the presentation for a second. So maybe try to stop presenting you. <laughs> yeah. It's I know. One of those things. You know, should work. So. No, but I think, I mean, what's interesting here in a on a Windows and Windows failover cluster, uh, traditionally SAP Inst SWPM is out of the box supporting so many different stuff. Yes. Meaning MaxDB I mean, and the content server and the live cache, fully installation and clustering if, itself. If you compare no this to, to other uh, installation structures and the numerous nodes which are available for each different version of MaxDB. It's a really cumbersome, cumbersome thing because you have to install uh, install everything locally and then you have to move some of the DLLs or executables to the shared disk in order to be accessible. This is all done by SWPM now, so there's yeah. really no need to, to do this in, 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 in any fashion uh, manually now. So that's a, a huge... Uh, Benefit. By the way, I want to give kudos to Alexander Kaiser from SAP who helped me, you know, going through this and validate it. This is very helpful. So thank you very much, Alexander. And now you can see we are done with the first node. Now we have the we have to the, the additional cluster node. So this if you look hypothetically, you have of course four, five, six nodes if you want. And then each additional node would be installed the same way. It is mm -hmm. also important that you run this on the target machine. And you leave everything untouched. So you don't do any manual group um, uh, failover or something like this, because this is all done by SWPM. So don't 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 shoot yourself in the foot by by manually failing over the the, the uh, role, because you want to install a second node. This is all taken care of and and det determined by SWPM. And this here happens actually in in a in a heartbeat. And now you can see there's almost nothing to see it all all the uh the outcome is that's going to be finished and then we're ready to go to the first MaxDB cluster node and of course for the MaxDB, remember we had two shared disks one for the data and one for the log and the executables are actually uh also copied on on, on one of the shared drives you can decide whether you want to have it on the on the log and on the or the data drive this is a kind of uh uh, secondary. I mean, this doesn't uh, use too much resources. The interesting part is, if you look at the way this installs, it's under content server, and then under higher high availability SAP content server database installation for MSES node. So that's a little hidden. You, you would actually maybe expect it here under high availability directly under the uh, content server. No, it's a, a known item, but not Maybe they could here and they had already, you know, indicated for the MaxDB, but now you know. And then you have the basic parameters for your uh, MaxDB. So you define the, the, the rules for for your uh, SID. So that's also uh, SD9. Virtual host name. It's the host name we have defined uh, in DNS and with the load balancer. So that this is work which already should be have done. And then you have to de de decide what you want to use for password super deviating control. I mean, that's standard uh, database task. I just uh, showed it, you know, to be uh, complete. 
service complete, then we have a, a, a user and user which authenticates against MaxDB and supply a password here as well. Of course, it's a good practice to write and down somewhere in a hidden place because otherwise you would have to uh, show your hacker skills. Mm -hmm. So then it's uh, important for MaxDB, we have those two disks as set. Well, now you can see here, this is already taken by CS9. So that's the uh, content server instance. And then you choose the volumes for the for uh, the, the disks for the log volumes. And bear in mind that you have one, usually one volume location, but you have kind of multiple files. So while this is the, the, the grand scheme of things for the log and, and for the data, you can enlarge the database by adding, for example, additional data files and then uh, putting to the same log mode volume. This yeah. is a similar scenario as you may know from SQL Server. So those are yeah. kind of similar uh, databases anyway. Yeah. So would you, you will have a one or more disk for the data files of the MaxDB yeah. uh, live cache content server and similarly separately uh, one or more shared disk for the log volumes, right? Yes, depending, of course, yeah, if, if you have a, a, a large database and, and you need the performance of it, you could spread it out uh, via multiple disks, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and then you, you specify your, your file size. So this is now the, the individual for the max log volumes, the, the uh, log files, and individual size, of course, you have to do a sizing before. I'm sure there are some formulas SAP can provide depending on how many items you're going to store in your uh, content server that so you can uh, uh, derive uh, information how to do an initial uh, good installation. So now, once this is all done, we need for the uh, MaxDB, of course, also proper. We can only install this after the first uh, uh, instance is done. And here, that's the, the script, which you can copy right out of the block. And uh, here you have the outcome after the execution uh, of the MaxDB uh, board creation. So this happens when the first cluster node is, is installed. And then we do the second cluster node. And here, also important, don't fail over anything. Leave it as it is, and SWPM will take care of it. But you net. You still have to run it on the server which you want to add to your cluster. So in, in this case, you do this on the second node since I only have two nodes. Of course, there are not man, uh, many choices left. And of course, here you also say uh, additional MSCS nodes, MSCS S nodes. Yeah. <clears throat> and the subins will do the another, magic for you, yeah. Yes, subins will, will uh, shut down the, the, the uh, group and move over the group to the other node and will really do the magic. And what's also amazing, as I have mentioned, there are no more executables, no more DLLs, any any settings you have to do on the, the target system. In old things, previously you had to do, you had to copy manual around executables according to some SAP nodes or to some installation uh, yeah. uh, manuals. This is all uh, uh, stuff from the past. So here you can see now we are using those two disks, and now you can see. All our three disks, two are used for MaxDB, the other one is for the 
uh, content server and you have you need to have the same uh, uh, credentials of course on the other nodes since it's all initially still installed locally but then SWPM takes care of the distribution and makes it cluster aware. And here now we are already uh, talking to the content server. So that, that's a kind of proof that the content server is up and accessible. And here are the disks and the two roles, one for MaxDB, one for the sub uh, SAP content server. And now, of course, you have to do the, 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 the connection between your SAP or ERP system and, and your, your OS4 system and the content server. There's a transaction code OAC0, which yields this uh, uh, screen. There are a bunch of presets. I just created one uh, tested. And then you have to provide the uh, uh, missing parameters here to establish connections so that actually the content server really stores, because again, don't forget by default, it stores on the disk. And we want to have this on under the uh, uh, MaxDB. So therefore, there's a, a, a bunch of parameters which we have to provide here. And then with those values, we can finally uh, connect and, and access our content server straight from our uh, ERP system. So this is kind of the, the first installation I have done. So for, for content server, and since I needed an SAP system, you know, to hook it up to, but better to use uh, a MaxDB, of course, for an uh, SAP ERP system as well. And that's the second block, which I have uh, cut a little shorter. I didn't describe, of course, how to create a, a, a shared disk anymore. You can, you can derive this from the first talk. So here it's, it's the same assumption. When we're talking of, about cluster, we are talking about, of course, the so-called single points of failure, which are usually your, your ASCS and your database. So both the ASCS and the uh, uh, database will be clustered. So of course, for the, for the uh, database, we have, again, a data and log file uh, disk. And for the ASCS, of course, that's only one disk where this is residing uh, on. We need to create a load balancer as well. In this case, I've prepared a system already for ERS2, where the, the NCUBE server would be also clustered. So what I have done is I have created uh, the load balancer with three uh, uh, ports, uh, one for the database, one for ASCS, and one for ERS. So this, I don't, I don't show the ERS installation. There is a note which I've referenced in the in the uh, uh, blog, which you can download from the SAP Marketplace with the PowerShell script. And this will do the entire magic for you to convert because SWPM1 actually doesn't install uh, um, a cluster ERS for whatever reason. So you always yeah. have to do this posthumous. So that's not uh, covered. Then again, we do, uh, the health probes for the three instances of ERS for ASCS and for the database. Similar stuff like in the yeah in the previous step. Yeah. 
but you are actually on one cluster, if I'm not wrong, having uh, MaxDB and AACS and ERS2. Yes, but yes. Uh, uh, <coughs> uh, AACS and ERS, of course, run in the same, uh, uh, they're in the same cluster node and, and use the same disk. They fail over together because they are kind of uh, yeah, working together because it's either one is up and or down depending on which node is active. Mm -hmm. We have the help probe. And now we, we of course, start, you know, the, the first cluster node. Yeah, so first cluster node. And here we basically follow the guidance. So in the first cluster node, we define, see now I have an E drive as a local drive. So I've added one, uh, local drive each other than the C drive for uh, the uh, 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 executable installation so that MaxDB uh, executables and uh, other stuff, you know, SWPM or whatever are not uh, residing on the OS disk. For, as again, it's more cosmetical reason rather than, than uh, technical reasons for doing this. But that's the way I have learned it, you know, it, 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 it keeps team in order and it makes always upgrades, of course, easier if you wanna, if you wanna, you know, like build a destroy approach or so, you only have to deal with the C drive and, and there is nothing else residing on it. So there are some, yeah, host agent, for example, you can also install on, on the E drive. I've referenced it here and made a comment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so basically the whole procedure is kind of very similar like in the previous block, so to yeah. say. It's just, uh, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you I, have I mean, the, hmm. the... As I said, the beauty is indeed, see, all you have to do, you can use cluster shared disk and uh, the SWTM recognizes, yes, there's a cluster, there's a Windows cluster and it supports those disks and you don't even have to assign them to anything uh, uh, SWPM list those disks and then you, you make an assignment for which role or what you want to use those disks at this point. So here we have now uh, uh, the uh, group, uh, groups and then you can see right now they're available but now we are doing the assignment and say class of disk one we're going to do for the ASCS and for the ERS, for example. Yeah. ERS, by, yeah. by the way, by default, in SWPM is installed locally. It, it's yeah. only becoming cluster when we do the conversion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, okay, the, the, these steps, Stefan, are quite well also, at least for ASCS and ERS, also described in the past. Um, but I have some, just maybe more question about uh, the MaxDB part uh, as well. I mean, yeah. people can read it, you have very much in detail, but basically for the MaxDB, okay, they say they do support uh, Windows failover cluster. It's, I mean, SAP MaxDB team is supporting Windows failover cluster. They have an uh, mm -hmm. integration with the uh, uh, SAP Inst. However, they require, yeah. I believe, a shared disk, so as an option, because I think they MaxDB has no ability to replicate. No, no, they, they use they use one of the shared disks. You know, the two we will be going to do data or log files. One of them will be used for additional files as well. That's correct, but that's neglectable in in terms of size. 
So to have a dedicated yeah. chair, this, especially, especially for this, would be overkill. Yeah, yeah. But the point is that's a bit different compared to other databases because simply, even if they would be clustered, generally they do not require the share. This simply because they would replicate the content from one database node to to another one, like Hana would replicate yes, with I mean, HSR, right? I, I guess this also owes to the history. I mean, you can think about how yeah. old MaxDB is. I mean, uh, the name iterations alone, I learned this the first time when it was Adabas N and owned by Software AG. And then later on, SAP bought it actually and and, and made it MaxDB. And then I, I think it was at a different name in between. So, but it's something which, of course, SAP gives for the customers for free, so that's why it is a certain popularity for those ancillary systems like Content Server. And for smaller systems also, it's a, a very valuable option. Yeah, so maybe here more, I mean, this is very well, I mean, described in the blocks, actually super in detail, but also kind of, let's say, um, customer would ask, okay, um, I'm using availability set, what should I use for the, I mean, share, what kind of share this should I use? And then maybe I would love to go to the zones and go across the zones. There are some, limi there are some limitations uh, with, with the availability sets and share this. Uh, what I've done, actually, I've, my clusters are on availability sets. Mm -hmm. it, well, I think it was for proximity placement groups where, where you, have, you have to definitely, before you decide you want to go with a share this, I have a link at the beginning of the blog, which uh, points out the limitations where shared disks might not be uh, useful. But mm -hmm. for I would say 80 plus percent of all the cases, this this should be absolutely uh, sufficient. But in, in special cases, uh, there might be the, the, a reason, you know, for staying with Sios Data Keeper or you know other uh, products. <clears throat> so would would you? I mean, okay, is this? Would you use here uh, availability set with local redundant shared disk, or or would that be supported option or well, I mean, uh, zonal shared disk? redundant. Remember that then maybe we run into latency options. Yes, exactly. So, so yeah. we, it has to be local. So we, we, local is the most we we can do, and and shared disks. Yeah. Uh, it, it's definitely not a good idea in, in, in this case, you know, to go, go cross zonal. And, and don't forget, we, we, we cannot use or they don't allow, uh, allow caching at all. So it, it really, the, the access time and the latency will matter a great deal. So meaning in zones, zonal share disk, I would expect they would work out of the box. However, an issue could be uh, increased latency because the zonal uh, yeah. redundant shared disk is doing three synchronous copies across the three zones, which can be yeah. uh, far away, right? Yeah, and if the data centers, which is sometimes the case, you know, miles away from each other, you know, this latency matters. Correct. So from our side, do we say a zonal because of the latency, it's not supported, although it does work, but it's not supported because of the potential right. zonal issue? Uh, or, quite frankly, I I guess that's the reason. I, I personally haven't tested it because it was kind of not an option. I mean, why, why would you choose something, you know, which is, you know, already it's lower. And in, 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 in this case, the, the, the cost uh, may outweigh the, the benefits. 
I mean, it, 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 it's hard to say, you know. I guess it really also depends how far the regions are uh, together. I mean, if, if there are three data centers, you know, which are close by each other, only separated yeah. by a mile or so, yeah. uh, you might get lucky. But I guess there you would have to inquire the architecture, the location, and choose your lo location according, you know, to the proximity of the data centers. Sure, sure. Now Super. here, yeah. the, we do DRS. And ERS, of course, as said, is initially locally. Then the installation is finished. We do the pro port. We do a, a pro port for the uh, ASCS. And of course, we would have to do the same for the ERS later on, which is done separately, not, not covered here, but the link to the SAP node is there. And now we see we do the same for the uh, second node here. Of, well, actually, that's the, the database itself. The first cluster node was just the executables and, and the framework, and this is the database load. So here we have to define, you know, our our uh, sub-global host where the profile location is, so that SWPM can piece together like the default profile yeah. and point the service in the in the right direction. Okay, yes. Stefan, uh, regarding, uh, I'm yes. considering uh, time. So I think it's everything is well described in, in, in your blogs. Do you yeah. have so, something I mean, extra, which is somehow, anyway. yeah. So, okay, I mean, because, you know, we we should go to, but we need to somehow a little bit have a shorter, uh, it's taking no, no, too I, much I'm time. Saying, I'm sorry, but you're, you're right, of course. It's, I think, very well described in, in the, yeah. the blog post. Yeah. And I have the screenshot, so you, you mm. should, Easily, you know, maneuver around, so mm. he can, yeah. So, so that's basically okay. the database yeah. and and once it's done, we have we are pretty much uh, to the second node, and uh, yeah, here's the individual disks, pro port, and yeah. So maybe let's, pretty much let's it. yeah. So let's let's try to summarize. So basically, definitely availability set with the local redundant shared disk would be highly yeah. recommended and supported because simply because, it. yeah, they offer a uh, good late, I mean, uh, sub millisecond we latency. Predictability, I would say. Yes, all right. You won't have, you know, if you don't know how far the, or how much latency you're going to have between the, the data centers. Right, but the zone redundant actually because they might introduce a bigger latency. I mean, you wouldn't kind of recommend yeah. it here simply because of the latency potential issue, right? I mean, you 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 might be willing, you know, this wall or this maybe for for your uh, content server, but if you really want to run an ERP system on your uh, um, MaxDB, I guess you know speed definitely matters, you know, because that's where people usually, you know spend the entire day in front of the system. So their response time clearly uh, is an acceptance criteria. So you, for, for the interested, they, they may want to test it, you know, in, in a zonal redundancy for the content server. But, you know, we already recommend to have the content server and the, the MaxDB running, running the same node. So why would you then uh, spare out this, you know, it, it's kind of counterproductive. Cool, cool. All right. I mean, and, and don't forget, we have, we have local copies. It's not that we don't have redundancy at all. I mean, we, we, we rather be protected from a real disaster, yes, but yeah. 
Cool, cool. I mean, actually, j just just to close it up, I mean, um, honestly, I've seen a lot of MaxDB. I'm even actually more surprised, uh, but I really, uh, I've seen a lot of MaxDB and also a lot of requests about the content server itself, as an example. Live cache is another one uh, as well. No, I um, mean, and they were always and asking, course, okay, forget, how? Yeah. If with SSL6, you don't have uh, incremental software license cost, you don't need Cyrus Data Keeper. And now with a, a simplified installation procedure by SWPM, you don't have to uh, uh, mess around, you know, with the executables and the DLLs. Exactly. So it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a pretty straightforward guided installation, and I and I guess that's what the blocks also show. Show, and I guess those are two of the advantages. Is it perfect? Maybe not, but uh, yeah. It's at least an advancement. I, I would say it's significant advancement compared to the old documentation. And by the way, there's also at the at the top a, a link to the SAP documentation, which this by no means should replace any SAP documentation. So this should add to it and should sure. help to visualize, you know, the procedure and then to kind of put the procedure in sequence. Yeah. So super. I mean, uh, really, this is yeah. Um, just to close close it, Stefan. I mean. Um, this work was extremely demanding. I don't know why we didn't ship it earlier, but definitely we have it here. Customer can follow it. It's fully supported from Microsoft yeah. and SAP, right? Um, can use it yes, also. Absolutely. Uh, actually, the, the Alexander looked over it, so it's it's not you know yeah. out of the blue. Yeah, and actually, uh, it's an interesting. I know the customers. Some of what I was working, they they use they're running SAP system with I don't know uh, Oracle as an example with a database. They would use, for, uh, let's say, a, a content server um, with, of course, MaxDB, and because of the high availability option, they were running uh, using Windows failover cluster as an example, right? So. Yeah. That was also an interesting. It, so it, it, it was kind of hard to set up, you know, and now it's even easier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Super. Super. Uh, thank you, Stefan. That was really very, very useful. Um, actually, I'm really glad that finally we we got the the whole uh, setup published, uh, documented, and actually, the most important is to be a, a supported way. In a, in a supported way yeah. because that's a high availability is not for the fun for my... no, absolutely yeah and of course you know there's always tomorrow there might be some new developments i don't know you know start of this so you know maybe fully ssd whatever you know where the latency might be acceptable acceptable or faster connections between the data centers sure but in a year in two years it may already look different again all right Great, okay, great. Thank you, Stefan. And uh, well, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see some new stuff from your kitchen uh, in, in the future. Okay, sounds good. Okay, doke. Thank you, guys. So, thanks, Take bye care. Bye-bye. Yeah. Okay. Bye-bye.